This is Real Estate Rookie episode 211. Really putting your head down and figuring out what you're going to do and start doing it. And it's not going to be easy at first. Nothing's ever easy at first. We just got to dedicate time, dedicate time. And even if that means like, hey, you know, I'm not in a position to buy right now, that's okay. Most people might not be. But if you start taking step one, step two, and step three, next thing you know is 2023 and now you have money saved up, then you can start putting things into motion, right? Like for us, I think the important thing is it didn't happen overnight and success doesn't happen overnight. It took a lot of dedication, a lot of reading, a lot of just researching, um, and ultimately just lining the ducks up for what we wanted to accomplish. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, information, education, motivation you need to kickstart your real estate investing journey. And I usually like to start the show by highlighting some folks from our, our Real Estate Rookie community who have left some reviews for us on Apple and Spotify. So today's review comes from, actually, that's a pretty crazy uh, username, 172773AHEB. I have no idea what that means. Just pro- no, pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know. Um, but they said great and informative and fun. Uh, great podcast for beginners or seasoned pros discussing the ins and outs of real estate investing without the fluff. This duo is easy to listen to and they keep things fun and light quickly becoming my favorite and has helped me jump in feet first. So uh, for those of you that are listening, if you haven't yet, please do leave us an honest rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, more reviews help us meet, reach more people. And the goal here is to help as many people as we can. So we we'll definitely appreciate it. So with the reviews out of the way, Ashley, let's get into some boring banter. You know, my favorite part of the show. Now, what, what's new in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so I've got a, a couple projects in rehab right now. Um, I just got a text last night from a contractor. It was actually from a garbage removal company that went into my hoarder house and they sent five pictures. And I was like looking at the pictures and the, the first picture was of a kitchen. And I was like, what is this? And I realized it was the same house. <laughs> I didn't even recognize it because they, it had been the ca- like the sink and the cabinets and the floor had been covered in so much stuff. I had no idea what the cabinets or the floor even looked like that I never even imagined it without everything on it. And I just like in shock. So I can't wait to actually go to the property, you know, get some footy for some Instagram reels before and after. But uh, it's just amazing. We haven't even done any rehab and it's already went through this major transformation. How much did it cost to like dump everything? Do you know? It was $3,900. That's not bad. No, I expected it to be like at least over five grand, but it was 3,900. Yeah. It's um like 1,500 square feet, I think the, the house is. Um, I mean, it was just like packed full with like a path that went through the the upstairs, tons of stuff. And then there was a garage and then there was like a little goat barn. Um, yeah. And then just kind of like some scrap and garbage scattered around the yard. But yeah, they I mean, they went in and they brought their own dumpsters, everything and held it all out. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, hey, I'm, I'm excited to see the progress of the hoarder house. You got to give us updated on the IG. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> 
And what about you? What's new with your projects? Um, and so we, uh, we, we've been doing some hiring, but we unfortunately lost some folks that we recently hired. So um, I've hired two personal assistants in the last, since like Memorial Day or like early May, and we've lost them both. One, we had to let go just because it wasn't quite the right fit. Uh, the, the replacement that we hired, she walked away from us because she felt that it wasn't the right fit. Um, so now we're, we're back to square one trying to find another personal assistant. So um, if you're listening to this and you want to apply and you live somewhere near where I live, um, alphageekcapital.com forward slash jobs. We're looking for, for good people to, to help us kind of grow this business out. Like we're, we're at the point where there's a lot of things that we just can't do anymore. And like if I, I know I've always been bad, like with my phones and my text messages, but right now the little number icons on my phone, 332 and my text message bubble says 289. And then I've got like another 300 unread emails. So my life is in shambles. I need some help. So if you're interested, feel free to, to reach out and apply. Here's just a fair warning. When our producer, Eric, started what a year and a half ago on here, um, the first thing that he was told that uh, Tony likes the room at what, 72 degrees and red <laughs> Skittles only in his candy dish. So make sure you guys are good, know what you're going to get to before you apply. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a diva behind scenes. I need my, my black shirts pressed a certain Way, so. And I know exactly when we get off of this and we're talking to Eric, he's going to tell me that I was wrong, that it was actually 68 degrees or whatever. He's going to know exactly what it was. <laughs> well, today we have a couple on the show. I feel like it's been a while since we did uh, two guests at once. So we have Simon and Chrissy on. And they are house hackers who actually turned their basement into a short-term rental. And I, I love their story. Um, they uh, Simon actually participated in the the short term rental boot camp that I led earlier this year, and and from that boot camp, he actually went out, took action, and, and got that first deal done. And they they talk a lot about their journey as a couple, and and kind of how Simon was able to um, uh, convince uh, Chrissy that you know real estate investing was the right thing to do, and some of those compromises that they made. Um, and they talk about how they're able to kind of navigate the strict. Uh, short-term rental policies in Denver. Um, but most of all, and this is the thing that kind of stood out to me, um, like they, 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 they use a basement unit to kind of kickstart their business. And I was thinking like, man, why doesn't California have basements? And I was like literally Google searching on the side while we we're talking to them. It's earthquakes, right? That's what I thought, but it's a common misconception. It's not because of the earthquakes. Oh. I guess it's because like on the East Coast and some of these other places, like it'll like the the like the the foundation, like the joist going into the foundation will freeze if they're not dug deep enough into the surface. So you have to dig deep like on the East Coast anyway. So they have to like build out that foundation, that basement to kind of hold up the like the joist for the house. In California, because it's so warm, like it, it doesn't freeze that low, so you don't have to dig deep. And apparently, it's really expensive to build out a basement. So, anyway, I learned something new today because of Simon and Chris. Yeah, that's interesting because like there are houses around here that are on just concrete slabs, or they have crawl spaces and stuff. But yeah, so if you live on the East Coast, your your house is better built if it has a basement. I guess. Yeah, there you go. There you okay, go. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So. Chrissy and Simon did uh, the boot camp that Tony hosted, and there's actually new boot camps coming out this fall um, if you guys want to join them, but you have to hurry because the deadline is August 31st. So make sure you go to biggerpockets.com forward slash classes. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 
2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent. T-O, retirement.com, or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're in the landlord game, you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where Rent Ready steps in. Now, Rent Ready's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. So say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with Rent Ready. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. Now, if you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for just $1. You can't beat that. So visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor to get six months of Rent Ready for $1. Simon and Chrissy, welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast. We are super excited to have you both. Uh, Chrissy, maybe you can start us off. Tell us a little bit about your both of your backgrounds and, and kind of what brought you guys here today. Awesome. Well, like you said, my name is Chrissy. This is my partner, Simon. Um, a little bit about us. We started our real estate investment journey back in, I don't know, December 2021, um, which in reality, it started way before that with Simon being really interested in a part of the Bigger Pockets community. And so Simon and I had been together for a while and he had been consistently telling me about Bigger Pockets um, and all the different real estate investing opportunities and ways to learn about real estate investing um, and that he wanted to house hack. And I said, okay, what is that? Um, and he told me all about house hacking um, and what that opportunity had, would look like. Um, and my first and initial thought to that was, no way. Um, I feel like how I grew up when you envision buying and owning your first house, I wasn't expecting other people to be living with me. Um, and it was not something that I was um, even remotely excited about. Um, and so we, we talked about it and we kind of moved on. And then some time went by. We talked about it some more. Um, Simon started sending me a, a lot of books, uh, a lot of, of resources, and started sharing like what felt to me pie-in-the-sky stories about how our life could change and how cool this experience would be if we were to start getting into the real estate space. Um, so long story short, 
he got me on board with it all. And in the fall of 2021, we got connected to a rock star realtor who was in the short-term rental space. Um, and through that, we found our first property in December 2021 and launched our first short-term um, rental in May 2022. Yeah, well, first, congratulations to you both for, for getting that first property up and running. But I, I want to go back to something that you said, Chrissy. You said uh, Simon was feeding you stories that you felt like were, were pie in the sky. I'm, I'm curious, why, why did you feel that those like what those people were achieving was so out of reach for you guys? So Simon and I started this journey while still working full-time. So Simon works in sales. I do as well, sales and marketing. And for me, I was like, we have a full-time job. When are we going to be able to do this um, in our spare time? And I, he would so often send me Instagram stories or different people to follow about how they just started this journey in their spare time. And knowing Simon and I, I was like, we don't have a lot of spare time. What's this going to look like? So it just felt like something that was really out of reach for us. Um, And slowly but surely, he started sending me information I would feel like in pieces, like step one, let's learn about what this could be. Step two, and honestly, I would probably say one of our most important steps was finding a realtor that was in this space and had done it themselves. Um, so we had, like I kind of mentioned, a rock star realtor with Good Neighbor Realty here in, D- in the Denver metro area. Um, and our realtor, she also had short-term rentals and was doing some real estate investing. Um, and so when we started this conversation with her, as much as you want to believe and trust in your partner that these crazy ideas are real, hearing it from someone else who had real life tangible examples about how they were living it um, made it a lot more comfortable for me, I would say. Um, and then when we started looking for homes, I felt like I had an okay vision for how this would work. Um, but she really kind of helps me bring it to the next level when we were looking at properties. She was like, all you have to do is move a door frame, add this here, here's your lockout, here's your Airbnb space. And I was like, okay, like that doesn't sound as crazy. Like doesn't, it sounds achievable. Um, so I think step one, building your, your team. So your realtor that can help you with your vision, I would say was a huge starting point for our success. Well, Chrissy, that's great advice within the first five minutes of the episode right so there. Good. Uh, Simon, I want to hear why you wanted to do real estate, kind of maybe your point of view and what it was like trying to get Chrissy to come on board and why you didn't just give up and be like, you know what? It's not for her. We're not going to do it. Yeah, it, it was a process and it didn't just happen overnight. It happened throughout several years. I mean, I remember a few months ago, I was just going through my notes on my phone in an airplane ride and I found a note of first time I listened to Bigger Pockets, Set for Life, reading it about the book by Scott Trench and wrote a note like, what is house hacking? Looking into house hacking. And this was back in 2018. So I've been a big fan of Bigger Pockets. I had the opportunity to work at Bigger Pockets and surround myself with the like-minded individuals. And I really knew that what I wanted to look, my life look like was just have the freedom, not only for myself, for Chrissy, but for the family that, that we are trying to build. Right. And really looking at it, not from a short term horizon, but at a long term horizon of what are the steps that we need to make right now in order to set us up for success over the next five, 10, 15 years. So 
initially we were, we started living together about a year after we um, started dating. And my initial plan was to buy a short-term rental in Orlando. Um, I'm from Orlando, so I have boots on the ground in Orlando and learning everything that Avery Carl has taught us and you guys have taught us is really just managing a long distance. And that was going to be my initial plan. Um, Chrissy was not on board for that. She was anxious about managing a property from long distance. She was anxious about not being able to touch it, feeling it. Um, so after further consideration, we decided to not go that route. And then I really had to sell her on the opportunity of like, okay, well, if we're not going to buy a house out of state, then this is what I want to do. I don't want to buy. And I kept telling her this. I'm like, we're not going to buy a home. We're going to start a business. <laughs> we're not going to buy a home. We're not going to be buy our forever home. We're going to start buying an investment property in order to set us up for success and being able to really buy the house of our dreams in, in a few years. So it took a lot of patience. I sent her a lot of videos, a lot of books, which she may or may not have read. Um, but I think it ultimately just came down to to, to trust. Um, and I remember one night after a couple drinks, setting out a five-year plan of like, hey, if these are the steps that we can take right now, this is what our life can look like in five years from now. And I think that's really ultimately what brought her on board. Um, it really just comes down to, to trust um, and me being knowledgeable about the space, about what we want it to look like. And she really had 100% confidence in, in my ability to make it happen. Simon, I think what you did there where you actually wrote out the five-year plan and showed it to her, I think that helps so many people and they provide that visual as to like, okay, it's just not me talking, but putting it on paper so they can actually look at it. I think it makes it so much easier to digest because you can see the numbers and you can see what's happening. And we've had a, a bunch of guests that have come on and kind of showed that. And that's like with my husband, when we were paying off debt, I'm like, I want to do this Dave Ramsey thing. I want to get rid of all of our debt. And I like made this whole Excel spreadsheet, just like, here's how we're going to do it. And he was like, okay, yeah, actually let's do it. After it took me so long to like get him on board with that. But um, I think that's great advice right there. So Chrissy, what was the one thing that made you like, okay, it, was it that night for you, that five-year plan visualizing it or was it a multiple of things? Yes, definitely the five-year plan and seeing what that could look like was definitely helpful. Um, but I also think it came with a set of compromises about what he really wanted to do and what I felt comfortable with. So when we first started talking about Florida, the control freak in me was like, absolutely not. I was like, I have to be able to manage this. Like, I, I can't envision us doing this across the country. Um, and so I think that's where the first compromise came. And Simon said, okay, let's do it locally. Um, and that was a, probably our first big step towards getting aligned on this journey um, and taking that next step. Um, and, and it's kind of funny in hindsight, because now that we're actually doing it, I feel a little bit silly about being so against doing it and across the country. Cause I'm like, Oh, we got this now. But like, I needed that ability to be able to like live in the moment and like check on things. Um, and so I think that's where it comes with compromise and working with your partner to be like, okay, this is the vision. This is how you envision it. This is actually how I envision it. Where where can we meet in the middle? And then we can get started. And I think um, deciding to do our first one locally was the big first step in that. 
Chrissy, you, you mentioned a, a couple of things. I, I want to go back to one of them because like, I was like feverishly scribbling as you were, as you were talking, because it was, it was like such a, like a really profound thing that you said, but you said that like, when I asked about the pie in the sky thing, you said that it, it just didn't seem achievable, but you started to just try instead of focusing on like this big, huge task, you were just like, okay, what is the next step that is achievable? And I think for anyone that's trying to tackle any goal, like that is such a, a, a phenomenal framework to apply to that journey. It's like, yeah, if, if, if we're working our day jobs, the idea of retiring and, you know, living, sipping pina coladas on the beach, that seems too far fetched. But the idea of reading that first book or going to that meetup or buying a ticket to that conference, those are things that I know I can do. And once I've done that thing and, and, and I feel comfortable with it, okay, what's the next step? Maybe after I go to that meetup, maybe now I, I go talk to that agent. And now after I talk to that agent, maybe I go talk to a lender. And it all kind of starts to snowball. So I think for, for so many people, I'm sure, Chrissy, we're in the exact same situation as you, where, where it felt unrealistic or it felt like too big of a, a journey to take. But if you just really boil it down to the next step that you feel most comfortable and confident in, that's how you continue to make progress. So I don't even know if you realize that you said something so like profound, but that was like an amazing, amazing thing. No, and I mean, I think that's why like Simon and I actually make incredible partners in the sense that like Simon has the pie in the sky vision. He has the vision and the dream that I never had. I, I don't think I ever would have dreamed this for myself. And my first step is, okay, what's the action plan? What are we gonna do? What's step one? I need structure. I need all the details. And he's like, well, I, well, we'll just figure it out. I'm like, that's not going to work for me. I needed the details. And like you said, that, that for biting off as much as you can chew in the moment is probably would be my best advice because that's what we did. Like when I thought big picture, I was like, no way. And then when I thought, okay, fine, I'll st like literally step one for me is like, fine, I'll start following real estate investors on Instagram. They can come up in my feed. I'll start to see what they're chatting about. I'll watch their stories and I will get comfortable with this. And then more and more, we went to a meetup. We started talking to other people and and they just were like, oh yeah, you got this. This is not that hard. And I was like, okay, yeah, we got this. And I started with those meetups. I will say I started seeing other people like us and how they were achieving it, which also made me feel more comfortable. And then like you said, that's when the snowball effect happened where we started talking to a realtor, we got lending and everything going, and then here we are. So along those lines of those steps that you did, going to the meetups, looking at different resources, were there any other tools or things that you did that gave you that extra kind of confidence to like, okay, we are ready, like we can do this? <laughs> For me, I would say that's where I leaned on my partner. Um, I know we talked about this earlier, how he'd give me a bunch of books. I did not read them. I was like, I don't have time for this. Basically, I told Simon earlier, I have to say, I started following Sarah's Instagram and I was like, okay, this is getting me on board. I like this. I like her. I like the vibe of this. This is all really going forward. And I just started consuming knowledge in places that I know I'd be receptive to. So like I would read blogs, I would Google things. I knew sitting down and reading like a big book about real estate investing probably wasn't going to be how I would feel the most connected to this. Um, but Simon did that work. Um, and that's where I think partnerships come um, into play. And so he had all of the details that I probably wasn't so sure about. Um, and then I would say 
networking is huge. And I know that networking will probably take our business as we look at more opportunities going forward to the next level. But I will, I will say that talking to people that are similar in age to you, similar experiences, similar places in their career and learning how they're doing it, I would probably say was the biggest factor in beginning to have a vision for us achieving this. Yeah, Chrissy, I want to give give you a you know thank you for shouting out my wife Sarah. So if you guys aren't following her on Instagram, it's at Sarah Rad, and obviously she talks everything short term rentals, but she's also a, a, a bit of a character. So you guys are going to get live. You give it's a definite. You should follow. It's great. It, <laughs> it, it, it's entertaining. Makes you feel awesome. I love it. Yeah. She, she's not a character, Tony. She is the main character. Let's clear <laughs> that up. Yeah. That is. Exi- she's the leading lady. And Simon, what about you? Like obviously you had been learning about real estate. You had the opportunity to work with people at bigger pockets, but what were the things that like really helped you decide like, okay, I know I can analyze a deal. I know how I'm going to manage it. Things like that. So, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, number one is you just got to start somewhere, right? I mean, a lot of people get paralysis by analysis. They just start looking at properties on, on Redfin, on Zillow, and they never start making progress. So I think the first thing is like dedicate some time, right? Dedicate your weekends, read some books, figure out a strategy. What are you going to do? But also figure out what works for you, right? I mean, for us, it was short-term rentals here in in Denver. In other people, in other markets, that strategy might not work. So you have to really figure out like, what do you want to do? And what are the steps that you need to take? And something that was very valuable for for us is is we were part of the short term rental boot camp that kicked off earlier earlier this year, right? And it's one thing to watch videos and figure out how to analyze properties. Bigger Pockets has a lot of tools out there, but it's invaluable for someone to walk you through the actual steps of this is how you find a deal. These are the tools that you need to take. This is what you need to be watching out for. And this is like the the red flags that you need to also be looking out for. So I think just like really putting your head down and figuring out what you're going to do and start doing it. And it's not going to be easy at first. Nothing's ever easy at first. But you just got to dedicate time, dedicate time. And even if that means like, hey, you know, I'm not in a position to buy right now. That's okay. Most people might not be. But if you start taking step one and step two and step three, next thing you know, it's 2023 and now you have money saved up, then you can start putting things into motion, right? Like for us, I think the important thing is it didn't happen overnight and success doesn't happen overnight. It took a lot of dedication, a lot of reading, a lot of just researching um, and ultimately just lining the ducks up for what we wanted to accomplish. That's awesome, Simon. Um I've been fortunate enough to teach a couple of the boot camp classes, but not the short-term rental one. But Tony, you were the instructor for this one, right? I was, I was, and I'm, I'm always super happy to see when when folks who attended the boot camp like actually go out and and use that knowledge that we share, man. So love love to hear it. So after you guys have learned as much as you could, you've found your team, built your team. What about the other parts of managing a short-term rental? Did you go ahead and find those people like a cleaner, a handyman before you got your deal? Or did you close on the property, get it ready? And then you're like, oh, wait, we need these other people. Or maybe you guys are doing it yourself. What did that kind of look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can take this one. I think there's only so much reading, so much learning that you can do, but it just comes down to like, hey, let's off make an offer. It got accepted the same day, which we were extremely lucky. Um, we closed on the property on December 1st, 
but we actually didn't move in until February 1st because the sellers were doing a rent back. They were building a new home that was under construction that was delayed. So it gave us some time in between um, getting it started. And then once we got started, we found there was a lot more things going on with the house than we were aware of initially. And it took a lot of time. I mean, we, we moved in on February 1st. I was like, all right, Chrissy, March 1st, we're getting this thing up and started. Then it was April 1st. Then it was May 1st. And finally, by May 24th, we got it up. No, it was May 19th. We got it up on Airbnb. 30 minutes later, we got our first booking. So, wow. um, Congratulations. We That's had- amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That first, um, that first booking is like always the most memorable, right? And like it's, it's almost <laughs> like I always tell this, but it's almost like you're like, like a gambling feeling or something, right? It's like there's this high that comes in every time your phone chimes and that booking comes in, you see the booking amount. It's like it's unlike anything that I've, I've experienced. The, the first one was awesome. And even now, like when we still get it every day now, it's like it's even better because it's like, you know, like for me, I was like, I got Chrissy on board. I had her to believe on me. But I was still like, I was like, I, I hope this works. You know, I was like, I hope like, you know, she's trusting me with all this. I hope I'm making the right decision. And then, you know, ultimately now, I mean, we got it listed in May, June and July. We were almost 100% occupancy and it's booked through October now. And it's just our basement downstairs, right? So, I mean, it's it's been a phenomenal journey and we're, we're just getting started. Um, going, going back to what you asked, Ashley, it, it was a journey. Um, we, as Chrissy mentioned, we both work full-time jobs. And the last thing you want to do after working eight, nine, 10 hours in your W-2 is heading down to the basement and paint and build furniture um, and get things started. So we tried to do most of it ourselves, um, but there were a couple projects that we needed to outsource. So we found a really good painter who painted our entire thing. We had to install egress windows to make it um, uh, official for for legality reasons. And then we built a door separating our kitchen from the downstairs to really split the uh, the units. Everything else we we did ourselves, and it was just a lot of building furniture, right? I think our go-to places was Target, her favorite, uh, Home Goods, Ikea, and Hobby Lobby. Amazon. Amazon. Well, that's Tony's favorite thing to do is to build furniture. I know that from watching all the Instagram (laughs) reels that are made of him building furniture. (laughs) I want to ask real quick about, so you talked about putting in the egress windows. Can you just explain exactly what that is for anyone that doesn't know? And then how you found out that you actually needed that and any other things that maybe weren't up to code or needed to be, and even the short-term rental laws in your area, where did you have to go to learn those things? Yeah. So I'll, I'll take the, the, the regulations in Arvada and then you could take the egress windows. So we did a lot of research about the short-term rental regulations um, in Denver. And the way that it works in Denver, in the city of Denver, you cannot have uh, Airbnbs that are not your primary residence. So they must be owner-occupied. And we knew that our goal was not to just buy a property, live in it forever. We wanted to buy a property, put it on Airbnb, and then a year later, move out of that property and do it all over again. So uh, we learned by really just calling the city, uh, relying on our, on our realtor, um, that we found Arvada is a close city, about 10 minutes west of Denver, near the mountains, that you can have up to three non-owner occupied short-term rental properties. So we identified a couple of other cities. It was Arvada and Wheat Ridge, basically that it came down to. And I was like, okay, this is where we're going to focus our search. That is a 
a, a no-brainer. We're not going to buy properties in, in Denver. It must be in Arvada. So that's how we chose the location. Um, and it just comes down to calling the city and having conversations with the, with the public officials. Um, Bigger Pockets has a great, great content. You can do a lot of research and a lot of people are constantly talking about the short-term rental market as well. Um, but really just picking up the phone and calling. I think that's like people can't be afraid to do that, right? So call the county, call the city, speak to people, learn the regulations. But also going back to what Chrissy said earlier is rely on a really good real estate agent. I think that's the number one thing that people, first time home buyers make a decision is a mistake that they might make is not going with the best agent that meets their needs. And for us, it was, we want to find someone that specializes in short-term rentals, that specializes in house hacks. And we found someone that not only specializes in these strategies, but she has gone through the process herself and she has been successful and she's on her third, maybe even fourth property by now. And she knows all the regulations. So we really relied on her for advice in regards to where we're going to pick the uh, what city we're going to be buying the property. Um, and I'll, I'll let Chrissy talk on the egress windows. Yeah. So as Simon mentioned, we Airbnb our basement. Um, and so egress windows are windows in a basement that someone could exit. Um, they could go out of. And so our Airbnb is a three bedroom Airbnb. And when we purchased the house, it had a single egress window downstairs, um, which I believe does um, meet Airbnb's requirements for the square footage in the space for having a single egress window. Um, but for me, when I was looking at this space, I was coming at it at a point of experience. Like if I was staying in a basement, would I want like that? Like what type of natural lighting could there be? Like how could I feel the most safe and comfortable? I know I grew up, um, I grew up in New Mexico where, where basements really aren't a thing. So the thought of staying in a basement on an Airbnb, I was like, does that like make me feel trapped downstairs? Like how can we make this space feel the most accessible to people? And for me, I was like, we need these windows. Um, and so we we looked at our budget and what we had planned, and we decided that this would be a priority for us when building out our space would be to add these windows. Um, and so not only does it add value to our Airbnb, but it adds value to our overall property. Um, when we go to resell this house, um, we if that is something we do years down the road, having those egress windows down in those other bedrooms make them full bedrooms with Colorado regulations. And so that was also important to us. Like how do we invest in the short term for our short term rental, but also in our overall property? Just one follow up question, like just for folks that aren't familiar with like egress windows, what is it like, what does it cost to add an egress window to a basement unit? Sure. About each window is about $4,000. That's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, cause like you literally have to like like cut into the side of the home, right? Like if there was no egress there before and, you know. Right. And we have a brick home. So they were going through brick um, down into and conquer cement to get in there. And the one thing that I will also say about a, a hidden plus that came out of our egress windows is Simon and I are both pretty chatty people. So when we met the the people who are doing our egress windows, we were telling them what we were doing. Um, and we were telling them about how we have these other projects. And they were like, oh, yeah, like we could build a door frame for you guys. We're like, 
excellent. And I think that was kind of the the snowball start of continuing to build our network when it came to people. So technically, they were an egress window company, but they also had the skills to do other things. We we liked them. We trusted their work. We thought they gave us a fair price when we were comparing it to other things. So we were like, absolutely. When you have time next Saturday afternoon, you can come build our, our door frame for us. And so I would also say too, kind of actually going back to your earlier question about building our network and choosing our cleaners and stuff. We started with one cleaner and it didn't quite work out, but we started talking and connecting to these cleaners and um, were able to keep another team member who's now become our lead cleaner. And so I I think for us, it's been really helpful to just connect with the people that are supporting us with our business. Um, whenever we're here, we go down and we talk to them. We ask them how it's going. Like, are are we supplying everything they need? Do they have any suggestions for us? Are they seeing things that we're not seeing because we don't always look at the property every time they turn it over? Um, and we, this summer, went um, out of the country for a couple weeks and we had two or three same-day turnovers while we were gone. Um and I was a nervous wreck. I was like, oh my gosh, same day turnovers. I'm like, not only am I not here to to double check everything, but to also be in the same place to do it. And uh, everything went seamlessly. And I think after the first one, because we trusted and we were so well connected to the people that were supporting us through this, that it was a pretty seamless process for us. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about how you two kind of split up the duties between you. But before we do, since you mentioned cleaners and, and kind of the important role that they play, um, Simon, maybe if you can walk us through like who is on your short term rental team and how did you guys go about finding those folks and, and vetting them to make sure they'd be able to do a good job? Yeah, so I mean we've gone through uh, a few handymen. Uh, we actually haven't used them since launching our Airbnb, but I decided at first I was like I don't want to just pick one. I want to have multiple so we can have multiple resources when and if the time comes. I would say the only person in our team besides Chrissy and I right now is is our cleaner. Um, how did I find these people? I joined Facebook groups. I used Nextdoor and I just asked questions. Um, and I was not afraid to just pick up the phone and call people. I mean, you know, I, I come from a long sales background. I've been in sales my entire career and I'm not afraid of just picking up the phone and calling, whether it's a plumber, whether it's a handyman, whether it's, it's a cleaner and having them come to the, come to the house. We can interview them, walk us through their process um, and just speaking with a lot of people and, and networking. I- one quick thing to add with that, we also started with small projects. So when we found a handyman, we'd say, hey, can you do this one thing? And if that one thing went really well, we were like, okay, great. Here's the 32 other thousand things that we need done. Um, so I think that kind of helped us feel confident in them. And I think it just like helped to build that partnership. Like how do we, like we, we take this in steps, like let's take this in step with our partnerships as well. Yeah, one one follow up to that. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned like starting with the small things. I was thinking about this when you were talking about the rehab and the egress company, but like the same thing happened to us in Joshua Tree. Um, when we first found our, our our rehab crew out there, the first thing they did for us was they built an outdoor pergola, and that that's all we we needed them for, right? They they built a, p- a pergola in our backyard from one of our properties, and then we asked them, you know, we had like something broke at the property, and our, our regular handyman wasn't available, and we're like, hey, would you mind, like, are you able to go and fix this? He's like, yeah, for sure, I can go fix it, whatever. He went and he knocked it out. 
And then um, I, I think something bigger ended up happening. Like we wanted to like replace some cabinets or something. We were like, hey, you know, can you can you replace cabinets? He's like, yeah, I can replace cabinets. And like we just like started progressively asking for bigger things. And we were like, well, is there anything that you can't do? And he was like, no, I've actually I, I was actually a home builder for 30 years. So I can pretty much do anything inside of a property. And, you know, it's crazy to think now, like I would probably lead with that if I was him, you know, but <laughs> right. he was just doing whatever we needed him to do. But my point is, it's like you never know what people are capable of doing unless you ask and you kind of give them that opportunity to show and prove. So I'm glad you guys have kind of found the, the benefit from that in your business as well. Yeah. And it just comes down to just treating them like a human, you know, and asking questions, like feel them welcome. You know, they're, they're on your team. Like your success is depending on their, their work. So just being grateful for anyone that comes and helps us and then asking those questions. It's like, Hey, what, what else can you help us with? Or if you can't do X, maybe you can connect us with someone that can, that can do it. And then that's really how, how you're supposed to build your team. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Rookies, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. Nope, they've now rolled out proof of income verification. So let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets, but if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. How great of a deal is that? So visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor to get six months of rent ready for only $1. I want to ask something about um, doing it in the basement. 
So doing a remodel in the basement, how was it? Was there already plumbing down there? Did you have to add in like a pump for the toilet? And then also what about your laundry? I know in New York here, a lot of houses have basement. That's where a lot of people's laundry is actually located in the basement. So um, did you guys have to relocate that or anything? Yeah. So for us, the basement was already furnished. Um, there's three... Uh, yeah, it's finished. All, oh, yeah finished, not furnished. It's already finished. Um, there's three bedrooms down there um, and one full bathroom. The laundry um, is a little bit of a problem, but I'll, I'll let Chrissy talk on this because she's very passionate about this, this subject. <laughs> um, so like Simon said, our basement was already finished. The only, I would say, besides the window, like big improvement was we didn't really have like a kitchenette down there. So we were like, we were building out like the refrigerator, the microwave, um, and we were like going through different things. And then we're like, okay, like if someone was to need to wash something, where would they go? The bathroom? We're like, that's weird. So back, so our, like Simon said, our washer and dryer is downstairs and it's like in a locked out room. Um, and we were really lucky that we could put a little kitchenette, um, up against that wall and run the pipe through the laundry room. Um, and so we actually lock out our laundry room, um, and don't let our guests use it. I I jokingly say it's the laundry room of death because it's not finished. Um, and so there's pipes and ceilings and like from a safety and a liability standpoint, that wasn't just something I, I wasn't interested in, in, in doing. And so far it hasn't been a problem at all with our guests needing to use the laundry. Um, and for us, it, it takes planning. Um, and sometimes that planning can get frustrating because we've gone two or three weeks where we've been at full capacity and usually it's all right, they've checked out at 11, run downstairs and throw your laundry in. We're going to be flipping the sheets. We, um, for the way we're doing it and the minimal access to our washer and dryer, I will say when we were first starting to read about how many sets of sheets we should have, how many sets of towels and stuff, I was reading like double was kind of around best practice. So that's how we started. And then knowing our constraints around the washer and dryer, we went ahead and bumped everything up to three sets, which has been really good for us. Um, so that if we haven't, uh, if we aren't able to finish everything before a new guest checks in, um, we can do that. But it really just comes down to capacity planning. Like if we know there's a two day gap, it's go time on the laundry front for us personally, as well as getting bedspreads, sheets, even more done. Um, a couple times we've had to go to a laundromat um, and we just tell ourselves like the cost of our time to spend two hours at a laundromat because you can put in six loads at a single time um, is definitely an opportunity cost we're willing to, to be a part of for this Airbnb. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. One of my favorite things about running the Airbnb is finding an excuse to not do laundry and just taking it to the laundromat, you know, picking it back up. It's treating it like an operating expense. Oh, Lordy. We, we disagree about that. I'm like, you can wait. <laughs> I, uh, so my only active short-term rental right now is it's Airbnb arbitrage and it's in an apartment complex and they have like laundry rooms there, but they're very small washer and dryers. And you basically have to take over the whole laundry room to do, um, all, all the sheets and bedding and towels and stuff. So my 
business partner on that short-term rental actually owns a laundromat around the corner. So our cleaner actually takes it to the laundromat, throws them all into things, cleans it while the, the it's going in the wash. When she's done cleaning, goes back and throws it into the dryer and then we'll come back and get everything and have the second set done for when somebody comes in. But it's definitely so much easier, I think, taking it to the laundromat and just using only two washers instead of having to to use a, a whole bunch of them or doing multiple loads, I guess. Absolutely. I will say when the time comes that we move probably out from the upstairs and decide to Airbnb the entire property versus just the basement, we'll probably have to think through a little bit more on the laundry front because it, it can be a lot. But I will say the definitely recommend the the multiple sets of things. I, I thought that at first I was like, why do I need so many things? Um, and now I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. And, and you never know when something might get ruined as well. And it's just so much easier to just move on and pull up your, your extras and do an Amazon order and like it's part of the business and it's okay. So um, yeah, it's definitely a little, takes a little bit more navigating than we thought, but it's worth it. So I want to ask about that. You mentioned that when you move out of the upstairs, if you were to Airbnb it, are you able to do that since it's not going to be your primary or since it was your primary at one time, you can? Yeah. So we, we can certainly do so because that's that's why we bought it in Arvada. In Arvada, you can have up to three non-primary short-term rentals. So that was a leading indicator as to why we're going to purchase property in Arvada and not the city of Denver. So that is our plan to purchase a new home next spring. And do it all over again. Do it all over again. Learn from our mistakes. (laughs) Learn how to budget a little bit better. Um, But also, I mean, the opportunity from, from from a revenue standpoint, it can essentially nearly double our revenue because it goes from being able to sleep a maximum of six to potentially 12 guests and open up the entire upstairs and, and downstairs. And the revenue you'll get from your, your second exactly. Airbnb house hack, right? So it's almost like a 1.5 or, or, or 2.5 increase, right? Because you're doubling it and some. Yeah. Well, we want to kind of go into the numbers of this property. We've talked a lot about what it is and what you've done with it. And so what was the purchase price of this? And you thought it was on the MLS, correct? And you used your agent to, to buy it. That was a deal source. Okay. Yep. It was on the MLS on a Saturday. We saw four properties. We really liked two and we ultimately went with this one. Um, we bought it with a conventional loan of 5% down and the home price was 575. So you guys, it was only one Saturday. So you guys only looked at four properties and that was in out of those. Oh, okay. All right. It was just one of the Saturdays that you guys were out shopping. You found this one. Oh, I guess we we did two or three Saturdays. So this was probably our eighth or ninth property that we saw before we made the decision for it. Um, And for me, I was like really big on location. Um, And so we obviously both had been living in Denver City for for years and I I loved it. And so moving super far out to make sure that we were um, in a place that allowed us this flexibility with Airbnb wasn't something that I was super thrilled about. I was like, I want to stay in Denver. Um, But now knowing how close we are and the experience of the area that we chose that we can give our guests as well as ourselves, like it's almost like I can't imagine living anywhere else. Could you explain uh, the conventional loan? Because usually when you hear conventional loan, you hear 20% down. And if you want three and a half or 5% down, it's FHA. So can you explain 
how, you know, where you found this at a bank. Um, I know my sister got pre-approved for this loan too. And I was like, wait, you can do that only 5% down on a conventional. So maybe you can, you know, explain how you found that loan and where you got it from and the benefits of going with the conventional compared to the FHA. Sure. So when we first decided that we were going to do this, we like thought about our financing and how we were going to be able to tackle it. And we definitely wanted to let we neither of us have been homeowners before. So we definitely wanted to leverage that first time home buyer opportunity here in Colorado. Um, and so we kind of sat down and said, what would make the most sense for us? Like, should the proper should we do this property together? Should we take it um, in pieces? Should we do it separately? How how, like, how can we begin thinking about this in the long term? And so when we decided to um, to do this property, we decided that we were going to go at it together, but only put it in one of our names in order for us to qualify for that first-time homebuyer opportunity. Um, and so that is how we we tackled this one together um, and got started in this, in this space. And it, it's been good for us in the sense that we we thought about it from the standpoint is like leverage the things that you have access to. We, we definitely are first time home buyers. We, we aren't some two people that have a ton of cash. We've been saving really hard for these opportunities. And so that's where we said like, how can we divide and conquer, but then also conquer together. Um, and so that made that decision for, for me to use my first time home buyer, um, opportunity on this property. And then the next one we go to will be where Simon used is his first time home buyer opportunity um, for us. And then eventually when we get married in October of 2023, then we will combine um, everything together. But I think at least when dividing and conquering and looking at our investments and our finances, I always just thought like, of course we would do this together. Like we're partners, we're, we're getting married, like, of course. And I think we kind of took a step back and said like, what actually are all of our options? We're a hundred percent, not only committed to each other, but to building this together. Like, let's make sure that we leverage everything that we have, we have access to because we're, we're young We're we're starting from scratch. We're pretty green in all this. And so definitely doing our homework and also talking, not only talking, finding um, a lender that will A, lend to you is the first part, but B, that you trust and you build a relationship too. I know, I feel like everything kind of goes back to to building that relationship. This was the first time we've, all, we've purchased a home and we sat down with our lender and I said, I have a stack of questions. Half of them are probably dumb, but I'm just going to throw them out here about how this works and just be brave enough to ask them. Um, And by the end of this, taking on a $575,000 mortgage didn't seem as scary as it did in the beginning when I was like, oh my God, no way. Um, So I think it literally goes back down to that, like that relationship building. Like we still talk to our lender. He still checks in with us, um, gives us updates on our property, asks us about our next one. And he is definitely someone we would go back to for, for future properties. And he's someone who we valued his perspective and his opinions as well. Chrissy, I'm so glad you mentioned that story about like asking all those questions to the lender, because a lot of times what drives fear 
is a lack of knowledge. And the fastest and easiest way to overcome that fear is to buy is to increase the amount of knowledge you have in that given subject. So for new investors, if you're not doing what Christian Simon did, where you're sitting down with your agent, and you're asking them all the questions, and even the ones you think that are dumb, or you're not sitting down with your lender and asking them the question, your property manager, whoever it is, those are the things you need to do, especially at the beginning to overcome some of that fear. Um, just really quick side note, like when we were trying to get Sarah on board with some stuff we were doing, I literally picked up the phone and called my lender and said, here, just ask the questions that you're thinking of. That way you're not just hearing it from me. So it's a really good way to get your, your spouse on board too. Um, before we wrap up uh, talking about the deal, I want to just kind of go into the cash flow numbers. Um, so you guys have had this property for for a couple of months now. Um, like what, what kind of revenue is your short-term rental unit bringing in for you guys on average? Yeah, so we listed it on May 19th. Um, June and July is like $4,500 each month. Wow. So $4,500 a month. Um, that being said, June and July are the busiest seasons for it. Um, but I mean, it's already really excited to see that we have bookings through October, through September, through October. Um, so really excited to see how this plays out over the next few months as we head into the winter season. I mean, and again, the, the goal of a house hack is to offset your mortgage, right? And it, I would assume at, you know, 575, 5% down, the, the, the Airbnb is probably covering all of your mortgage, or if not, the pretty, pretty darn close to it. So as a house hack, I would say this is really successful. Yeah. I mean, the, the mortgage was a 30-year mortgage. Our mortgage is at 27. So we are cash flowing right around, you know, fifteen, two thousand dollars $2,000 after paying the, the cleaner. That's really our biggest expense. You're getting paid to live at home. <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> yeah we're gonna go on to our rookie request line segment is this is where anyone can call in at one eight 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 five rookie and leave us a voicemail and we may play it on the show for a guest to hear today's question is hi i'm a rookie investor from new jersey my girlfriend and i are looking to buy a house hack soon my question is, what should we be asking an agent so we can purchase the right home for us? Hey, Drew Yong. Uh, thank you so much for your question and congratulations on taking the first step. You know, I think, you know, what I'll say is before asking your, your agent is figuring out what you want to do, what strategy you want to pursue and what works in New Jersey. Um, and my second point would be to leverage the bigger pockets agent finder they have a large network of agents who specialize in working with investors these agents are typically investors in their own markets they understand what works what doesn't they understand the regulations they understand the strategies and they're really able to give you detailed information about what may work in New Jersey, because my assumption is going to be that what works for us here in Denver may not work in New Jersey, right? I'm sure the short-term rental regulations are different. Our long-term goals might be different than your long-term goals. So really just figuring out your your why, um, but also finding an agent that really understands the market. And the only thing that I would add to that from a much simpler level, like I said, Simon's the vision and I'm the how do we make this happen, is bring your realtor into your vision and ask the question as simple as when you're looking at properties of how would this work? That was like my favorite question to ask our realtor. Your realtor has probably seen thousands of properties. They will probably have a vision for a property where if you move this door or add that, here's your lockout, here's your, here's your house hack, here's your Airbnb. 
starting from scratch, I didn't see it, but I had a realtor who did. And I asked the question, okay, I like this property. I like the neighborhood. I like the kitchen backsplash. How will this work? Um, And leaning on them to answer that simple question might almost be one of your most important questions. All right. So I'm going to take us now, guys, to our rookie exam. Thanks for answering that that beautiful question from Ju Yun. I'm sure I'm sure they really appreciate that. Um, but are you guys ready for the rookie exam? We hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll go we'll go question by question. So you guys can take one. Uh, Simon, maybe you take the first one. Um, Chris, you can take the second one. You guys can both maybe answer the the last one together. So question number one uh, again. Simon will point this at you. What's one actionable thing rookies should do after listening to this episode? Create a bigger pockets account set up your keyword alerts and start networking with people. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to engage with people who have already done what you're doing and just get comfortable and at being uncomfortable. I think that's the first person to ever recommend on here to set up those keywords in the forums. And you know what? That is not talked about enough because that was what I did too. Like anything with Buffalo, anything with seller financing, those are my like original keyword alerts that would come in. And yeah, it, it is so interesting. You'll get the, the ping of the email where like, okay, somebody's talking about this. You can go in and see what's going on because there's so many forum posts in there. And this makes it like you get to see what's happening as people are going through the forum conversation because you're alerted about it. So that that's an awesome tip. Yeah. I mean, there's so much information, valuable information on bigger pockets. Start with the keyword alerts. And my favorite is setting up location keyword alerts so that you at least you have an understanding of the conversations that are being had about your market or the market that you're interested in purchasing a property in. And Chrissy, what about you? Probably very similar to Simon. I would say surround yourself with information that you know you will be receptive to. And so I think for me that, like I said, it was like today, if you're interested in this, like do something as simple as follow five people on Instagram who are doing it. Um, and I know everything that you see on Instagram isn't real life and you will build furniture together and you will cry. Um, and it will be tough, but then you will build furniture together and have beautiful pictures for your Airbnb, Airbnb listing. So you'll get both. Um, but I would say start to, to open your lens, um, and see people doing it and start to see the small things. And then, like I said, day by day, follow by follow, it will, it will start to feel more achievable. Um, so just baby steps. There's nothing wrong with baby steps. Okay. The next question, what is one tool, software app or system in your business that you guys use? Hospitable. We use hospitable to manage guest communications, automations with when they're checking in, when they request, um, an inquiry, when they arrive, when they check out. And it also sends automatic notifications to our cleaner. She has her calendar synced to our Airbnb calendar. So as soon as there's a booking, it automatically pops up on her calendar and it just makes our life so much easier. You know, I, I've said this to my friends and I'll say it before. For us, for this business, our house right now, the hard part is already done. You know, the hard part of finding a property, building it, building furniture, that is hard for us now. It's just texting people on through Airbnb and hospitable makes it so much easier for for us so that we don't constantly have to be looking at our phone when there's a new inquiry, when there's a new message or communicating information with our cleaner. Yeah, hospitable is great. 100% agree. It's forget it, forget it and leave it. 
I mean, like I said, also getting comfortable with it. When Simon first told me that we were going to automate everything, but I was like, well, what if I need to talk to them? Like, what if there's a one-off situation and they need to hear from me? Um, and he was like, no, that's too much work. Um, and now we've kind of done the set it and forget it with hospital. And it's been incredible. And of course, there's those couple of moments where they ask a specific question and they might get an automated response. And then you respond back to them. Um, nobody has ever said anything. They've been like, okay, sounds great. So 100% recommend it. All right. Last question for you both. Where do you plan on being in five years? And Chrissy, I, I want to start with you because I know you were the one that was a little bit more hesitant to begin with. So I'm, I'm curious how that that's changed uh, over this journey that you've been on. Sure. So in five years from now, I see Simon and I close to in our forever home with non downstairs friends living with us um, and multiple other properties. Um, so our five year plan is definitely us being in a home on our own um, and then keeping the current house we're in fully on Airbnb and hopefully having at least two or three um, other properties. I, I don't know. We've talked about like, could this be the future where this one day becomes our full time jobs potentially? Um, but also Simon and I really like our careers. Uh, we like what we're, we're doing work-wise um, and balancing this um, in addition to all of that has been really exciting for us. Um, we also might have a family by then, so we might have a totally different perspective on balancing all these different things. But for now, it's definitely in our own home, um, not being on Airbnb five years from now, and hopefully a couple um, properties in addition to it. Yeah, that was a good, good answer. I mean, I think for me is having a lot of income producing properties, Airbnbs, and leveraging that money, leveraging those that income to buy more passive investments. And I mean, for me, I just want to be financially free. I don't want to rely on my W-2 job. And I want to have multiple properties, you know, especially now in, in our line of work, where remote working, working from home is going to be probably a forever thing. I see ourselves having properties all over the country, um, in Florida, possibly even in, in Colombia, my home country, and being able to work from wherever we want in our properties so that they're not only a business, but that we're also leveraging them for, for our own personal use um, and being able to retire from the W-2 and really managing the Airbnbs, managing our investments and potentially getting into other investments. Love that. I'm, I'm sure with the projection that you guys are on, the, the path you guys are on, you'll, you'll more, than, more than easily get there. So excited to have you guys back on one day and you can tell us all about your Airbnbs in Colombia. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap things up, I just want to give a quick shout out to this week's Rookie Rockstar. So if you'd like to get highlighted as a Rookie Rockstar, get active in the Bigger Pockets forums, Real Estate Rookie Facebook group, or slide into mine and Ashley's DMs. Um, but this week's rookie rock star is Scott Allaire from Ontario, Canada. And I, I like Scott's post. He posted this in a real estate rookie Facebook group. And the first thing Scott said before he even told his story, he said, I will become a millionaire one day. And for some reason, I can say it confidently knowing there's a path to get me there. I'm sure anyone can if they can just get out of their comfort zone. So Scott, way to, way to kind of set the bar high for people. But uh, Scott said that he bought a property 5% down with a 5% down payment. Um, it was one of the best decisions he made. He bought the property during COVID, uh, early 2020. 
Um, and he put about $22,000 into the property, refinanced a few months later and pulled out $21,000. So he's only got a thousand bucks left in the deal. And uh, since then he's gained over 20% in equity, which is about 50 grand, which he said is more than he's ever even made at a job. So Scott, congratulations to you. Excited to see you one day hit that millionaire status. That is so cool, Scott. And thanks for the little bit of advice and motivation too at the beginning for everyone listening and congratulations on that deal. So Simon and Chrissy, uh, where can everyone find out some more information about you guys and reach out to you? We are both active on, on, on Instagram, on Bigger Pockets. You can find us on Instagram, I'm sure. Uh, Tony and Ashley, if you want to put our handles on the, the show notes, um, but also on Bigger Pockets, um, I'll, I'll put my link on there as well. Feel free to ask us any questions you have, whether or not you're looking at buying a short-term rental or any other different strategies. I mean, I think it really just comes down to communicating and learning from people that have already done it. And we would be more than happy to answer any of your questions, hop on a quick call and share further details that that you may have. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for having us. We were super excited, a little nervous to share our story because we definitely, we don't see ourselves as experts by any means. So we are, we're coming on this podcast truly as rookies and, um, we, we took step one, we did the first property. So hopefully the next time we talk to you guys, we might not be full blown rookies anymore. Well, Chrissy, within the first five minutes, you were already giving away great advice. So totally. don't yourself. <laughs> And I just want to add one thing onto that, right? Like really quick before we wrap, like so many people who only have one deal, uh, oftentimes sell themselves short in terms of how much knowledge they have towards the person that has zero deals. So if someone who's never done an Airbnb or short-term rental or any kind of investment property before, if they came to you and said, tell me what you know about Airbnbs and real estate investing, you will blow their minds. So don't sell yourself shorts. You guys, you know, obviously maybe you don't have a massive portfolio, but you guys do have a lot of experience. You've gone through the process. You know what you're doing. So excited to see you guys keep growing. I was just going to give you guys a shout out. We, we love the show. We listen to it all the time and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing because it's helped us tremendously um, as we get started and continue to, to expand and grow into the business that, you know, that we have right now and what we hope to be in, in the near future. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And um, I, I think having guests on who have just one, done one deal are some of our most important and valuable guests because it is so fresh in your mind as to how you got that deal and what you're doing right now. And I think that is tremendous value that sometimes when you have these experts on, they forget those little tiny details, those little things that actually made a huge impact on getting that first deal. So um, thank you guys so much for coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having us. This is this has been great. And hopefully we can inspire another another couple like us. I, I know, like you said, it's like being able to listen to people that are like are like minded, not only like minded, but like you're like, oh, we're like them. Like we don't have enough money for a bunch of properties, but we can tackle this first one. And so I always think that's really, really helpful to just hear from people where you're like, OK, we're on a similar playing field. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's Real Estate Rookie Podcast. We will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. We'll see you guys next time. The 
market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.